Welcome to the Row by Row Garden Show, the best dead gum gardening show on the radio and the internet too. Look here, folks, we got something special for you this evening. That's right. We got Cog Squad in the house. <laughs> Welcome, Mr. Cog Squad. Jason. How you doing? I'm good, man. Good. It is a pleasure to have you. It was awesome to be here. Good deal. Yep. First time meeting face to face. It is first time but, meeting uh, face to face. Been knowing did, each other for a while. I was going to say, yep. working with each other for a good long time yep. now. Yeah, we enjoy your channel, enjoy all the great content well, you put out there. Yep. Thank you, thank you. Yep. So we're going to be talking about homesteading this evening. How about that? Sounds good Give to me. Give a little insight there on homestead. Sounds good to me. All right, so uh, we're going to move in there a little later. Let's talk about product spotlight to start with. And then Jason, if you'll hand me Absolutely. some here. Now, I know you all out there, especially in zone nine and eight, maybe even zone seven, you're starting to plan ahead just a little bit. And you're thinking to yourself, and you can give me your input here, Jason. You know, we have this heat rolling in here, and our spring garden is, is going to be winding up before long, another 30 days. It's probably going to be over with, and you're thinking, what am I going to do the rest of the summer because I've enjoyed this gardening so much? Flowers. Flowers. Man, look at these zinnias right here. If you can look at these right here, these are Bernary Giant Mix. Now, this is the mix, which is one of my favorite. We have them in the, in the solid color, so you can buy individual colors, but the mix to me just absolutely pops. They're beautiful, and we just planted um, these this week. Really? This week. Sure did. Just planted them this week and sunflowers, both. Yep. You direct seed them or you can, uh, you can transplant them either one. They do great either way. So easy. Yeah. Very easy. It's so rewarding to have this right Very here. Very rewarding. You know, if you ever have those rough days at work where uh, things is kind of tough on you and you mm. come in, you just want to walk out there and you see this right here, these vibrant colors right there, just kind of lift you up a little bit. And plus, you know, as we often said, if you get yourself in a tight with a wife, Boom, boom. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. Go out and pick up a bouquet, <laughs> carry them in there, and I guarantee you she's going to be speechless for a yes. little bit. And then you just kind of let things silence over a little bit and gloss over. Next thing you know, she's forgot all about that while she was mad at you. Exactly. Move on. Move on. Life's good. Real good. We carry these Benary Giants in the 50-pack, and I believe this is the 250-pack right here. And 250-pack, I mean, that's a lot of seeds. That'll go, that's the, you want to plant them a little bit thick. Yeah. You can plant 10 feet pretty easy with that. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 75 days of maturity, 94% germination. So there you go, folks. Be thinking about, be thinking ahead a little bit and be thinking about what am I going to do? What am I going to put on these plots after my squash is gone, after my green beans is gone, after my corn is gone? And, and these three things that I will tell you to keep in mind. You can plant okra over and over again all through the summer. You can plant something like roselle. You could have that rocking along or any type of flower loves the heat and you're going to do well with that all into the fall. And so, the sunflowers can make a good cover crop. Heck yeah. 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 If you go in a big area, you can do that black old sunflower. Mm -hmm. It's pretty reasonable. So that makes it, you're right, it does make a great cover crop. Let's move this out of the way. How about that? That worked. All right. What about your garden, man? How's it looking? My garden, this is the best it's ever been. Really? The best garden I've grown. I've never been in to grow sweet onions. And I had unreal sweet onions, big, nice sweet onions. I've struggled at growing bell peppers for whatever reason. Yeah. And I got those purple, how you say it, Merlot. Merlots, yeah. I got a purple one I saw this mm -hmm. morning. Yep. And so, yeah, that, that's two things. And potatoes, even though the rain was so bad this year, I still had a good crop of potatoes. And since it was raining, I was so late planting them, I didn't even cut them up. 
They just planted a whole potato, whole potato. and still had an awesome potato. Yeah. So I, I was like you. I planted my potatoes later than I've ever planted them on kind of rain. And I made the best potato crop I've ever made. Really? And I don't know why. My, it was. I, I don't have a clue. I guess it may have been the cool nights. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Mine, mine was awesome. And the Red New Orleans were phenomenal. Yep. Really yep. were. It was. It was. Yep. Great. Great year for potatoes. Now, I struggled a little bit on my onions this year. My onions were yeah. awesome. Yeah, it's just amazing how different things happen for you on different years. It is. And you got the weather to contend with. You know, we probably had different types of, of conditions there to grow under. Yeah, because I think you're in 8B. Oh, yeah. And we, I'm in we, 8A, we got so it's hammered. a little bit, yeah. We got hammered with, with wet weather, and I had some disease in mine. But it came out okay. We savaged them, but made a great potato crop to follow it up, and that's always a bonus when you get the one of those major good crop. Yeah. It makes you feel good. It does make you feel good. <laughs> <laughs> so we got corn fixing to be in probably the next couple of weeks. Uh, we, we're in the middle of tomatoes. Look here. Look right here. Now this is some of the new ones we're growing this year. And I know I've, I've already spoke about this one. This is that uh, uh, the purple, boy. purple boy. And this is the yellow boy right here. These are new ones I'm growing this year. This is awesome. And then we got some of these cherry tomatoes right down here. It'll come in. I think that's a Rory Finch, Rosie Finch, excuse me, Rosie Finch there. I'm not sure what she picked these two. I'm not sure what these are. I guarantee they're going to be good to eat. They're going to be good to eat. But I'm telling you, these yellow tomatoes have got a unique flavor to me. And that's the yellow boys? That's the yellow boys. And they're doing really good. It's indeterminate. Yeah, so, I told Wes, or Wes from Louisiana, I told him he's doing a market garden. I said, look, you need to get you some of those yellow boys and them purple boys, and you're going to sell them down there in that Cajun country yeah, that and right market there. them as an LSU tomatoes. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. That right there is, a, I think that's a perfect market garden tomato right there. It's beautiful. Because it's got beautiful color mm -hmm. to it. It looks like an heirloom, although it's not. It's not, yeah. But it, it's, got, it's got great flavor to yep. it. So I tell folks all the time, I said, if you got a market stand or something other, you got to look into that series there, that purple boy, lemon boy, that's, that's some good tomatoes right there. Uh, let's see what else we got going. We got peppers coming in. We got, uh, man, all kind of stuff. Can we eat out of the garden left and right? Cucumbers. We we start making pickles. Really? Squash. We I was so squash. late this year planting. My tomatoes are now coming, starting to come on. I'm fixing to start picking squash and zucchini this week. And I'm going to harvest garlic probably tomorrow or next day. Really? Yeah. I'm late. I'm way behind. You talking about elephant garlic? Elephant garlic. Okay. It's just now dying back. Yeah. So what zone are you in? I'm in 8A, but I okay. planted okay. so okay. late because okay. it was so wet yeah. this year. Yeah, I got, I, I got a terrible late start. Yeah. Yeah. It's an unusual year. It was really unusual year. Yep. So let's move into the main segment a little bit because this is going to be great because I'm interested to get Jason's viewpoint on a lot of this stuff because you have a huge amount of experience. Let's talk about homesteading. Now, homesteading to a lot of people means a lot of different it does. things. Mm -hmm. And there's even a popular YouTuber out there that calls it modern homesteading. Modern homesteading. And it's subjective to what your thoughts are, and that's okay. Because it, it does mean so much to do to me people and to what they're trying to achieve. Now, now what exactly does it mean to you? The, the way I look at it is, is farm versus homestead is usually the one people compare a lot. And to me, farm is for profit. And homesteading is more for yourself. That, that to me, that's the difference. Um, for us, homesteading is dependent on ourselves a lot, whether it be food, whether it be um, uh, meat. You know, being sustainable as we can be, and not selling any of it unless we have too much of it. But more for ourselves, and versus like a farm, which is more for profit. Just that's just my opinion of a homestead. Sure, depending more on yourself. 
Right. Although you can, I mean, a lot of people do, they do have income off of that. They do somewhat. have income off I mean, of you it, heard, yeah. You talked about earlier when we was, we was uh, meeting in the back, y'all used to do chickens. We used to do meat chickens, yeah. Yep. We did meat chickens for five years. We raised meat chickens, and then we tried quail. Mm -hmm. We tried rabbits. We tried um, ducks. But, yeah, you can make a profit off of it for sure. Right. Yeah. But homesteading can be can be different, and, and a lot of people think about it as, as being sus completely sustainable. Yes. Which is hard to do. Very hard to do. Very, very hard to do. Yeah. Yeah. So I, it's kind of what you got to have to make things work for you sometimes. Make things work for you. Uh, everybody's got a different farm. Everybody's got a different soil. Everybody's got different land. So everybody's got been handed, you know, been dealt a different hand than other folks. So adaptation is huge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. I mean, you got different, everybody's got different problems. I mean, they may have to have health issues. They may have, you know, they may have several in the family that can help. That's right. You may be limited on what you could do. That's so you have to too. all kind yeah. of make it work together for you. Yep. You know, when you think about homestead and when we think about it, and I'm, I'm on up in my fifties, believe it or not, the homestead to us, you know, back in the day, we thought about, you know, actually living off the land and just being very poor. Yes. But it didn't have to be about that. It, it can be like about that. actually enjoying because watching y'all's videos and everything, you just get this sense that y'all were enjoying life. We absolutely love it. Enjoy it. Mm -hmm. We wouldn't do it otherwise. Right. Yeah. We absolutely enjoy it. What advice would you give for somebody that was start or had that idea? Okay, we want a homestead, but maybe we don't know a lot about what we're getting into here. Take it slow because it can become very overwhelming. We've done it a bunch. Take on way too much. Um, take it, take it slow. And the other thing would be don't get caught up in, uh, I've word I use this fads. Mm -hmm. Don't get caught up in these fads or just because one person does it one way and that person is very popular and is well known that that's the only way it has to be done. And if you can't do it that way, don't feel guilty. Right. Because every situation is different and figure out what works best for you. But take it slow because you will get overwhelmed because it's a lot. It can be a lot. And you can homestead off an acre. Heck yeah. Or you can homestead off 40 acres. Absolutely. So don't limit yourself maybe to what your resources are. Right. And I even look back when we had meat chickens, we've, we started them out doing it, um, which we don't have thousands of acres of pasture land. We have seven and a half acres. Acre of it is a, uh, a cemetery. Another acre and a half is in a residential area zone. So basically we had like five acres, 75% of it was wooded. So I couldn't run meat chickens like a Joel Salatin could, even though I tried and absolutely failed doing it. I made four different chicken tractors, none of them worked. Hmm. So we ended up adapting, making a little hoop house, letting them free range, and that's what we did with our meat chickens. Wow. But if I, if I would have said that the way Joel Salatin does this is the only way to do it, I would have failed. Right. So, you know, just adaptation's key. Yeah. Be time. Yeah, and, and, and being willing to fail and move on and learn and, and readjust. And, Big time, yeah. Yeah, we see that so much, people trying to grow their own food. So, you know, from, from a homesteading standpoint, part of it is providing yourself with food. Yes. So livestock is, is a whole different, you know, that's a right. whole different side here. Right. And you have your fair amount of experience with that. Yes. But what we try to do is we try to help people grow their own food. And we see all the time people failing because they want to stick to a certain genre of, you know, this is the way it's got to be done. Yep. 
and, you know, we get these people that want us to tell them exactly how to do things. And it's hard because, I mean, I can tell you what nitrogen requirements are corn, but I, I don't know in your area, I don't know your soil type. I don't right. know how often you got the water. And all, a lot of that is subjective to what you've got to learn on your own. It would be wonderful if I could say, look here, this step by step, this is the way you do it. But they, so many times you have to do things a little different than what I do. Yes. Um, I can't, yeah, it's, uh, we've been gardening for, gosh, 15, 16 years now. And every year I learned something different. Right. Like I've never been grow um, sweet onions until this year. Right. And um, it was just because planting at the wrong time, um, not starting from seed, and then planting too deep. And right. I learned all that this year. Right. Uh, you know, that's, that's a prime example of what we want to talk about some today, is when you do start planting to grow your own food, you got to do a fair amount of research yes. there. And you got to understand there is some principles you have to follow. And onions is one of them. So as you mentioned, you got to plant them at the right time. Got to plant them at the right time. And, and for us, that's the fall of the year. We yep. like to plant them in the fall of the year and over winter. But all of that, you got to plant the right variety. Yep. So these different varieties, and I actually didn't even know this till heck, I was probably in my early 40s because up to then, we just went to the hardware store and bought, bought a bundle of onions. Wrapped around with a rubber band. We didn't know nobody. Yeah, that's right. I didn't know they were short day, long day, intermediate day onions. But now, you know, you got to plant the right onion at the right time you got to fertilize it right because, mm -hmm. you know, onions like sulfur. And uh, you, at a certain point, you got to quit fertilizing them yep. so they bulb up. So there is a whole process of, there of how to do it. So do your research on, on, on how that's done, but then be nimble enough to be able to move around a little bit to make it fit for you. That's right. So onions, corn. Let me tell you something. We see this all the time. Corn is one of those crops that are uh, it's, it's really rewarding. Sweet corn, you know, and even field corn. You can make your own cornmeal and grits or whatever, animal feed. Yep. Corn is an advanced crop for most homesteaders, and it's not something that I recommend for a beginner because it is so tough. It takes so much water and fertility. People want to plant one or two long rows, and you just can't get pollination that way. You need to plant them in blocks. And the biggest thing I see with corn is they always stress it somewhere along the line, and it didn't grow off. It looks a little weak there at the end, and then they wonder what happened. If you stress that corn anywhere along the line, then it's going to get stunted. So corn is a prime example of those things that you probably shouldn't start into when you start right. homesteading. When you yes, start I, yeah, absolutely wouldn't want to grow So corn. what would be your advice for the crops that they should start with when they are just a beginner trying to start to grow their own food? I would say squash for one. Is Summer squash. Don't even have to start in seed trays. Um, heck, even winter squash too. Yeah. Don't have to start in seed trays. It's going to give you a, more than enough to eat. Right. And super easy. And for the most part, Pretty much disease resistant for a little yeah. bit there. You'll get yeah. a good yeah. bit off of it before yeah. the insects come in. And the summer squash are quick. Real quick. Yeah. And you can keep planting them over and over oh, again yeah. too. Yep. That would be my number one would be squash. What's number two? Number two would be, I want to say tomatoes. Well, they said they're not Because they're good. They're good. But maybe yeah. tomatoes isn't the right one to say. <laughs> it, it may not, but you know what? It's the most popular crop. It is the it. most popular crop. But uh, it... it Everybody loves. Uh, you should. Everybody should love a good tomato sandwich. Everybody, yeah. Um, I want to say cucumbers too. Cucumbers are pretty easy. Yeah. Um, you can even direct seed cucumbers. You want to yep. start them in seed trays right. either. Right. Uh, but squash and cucumbers would be really, really easy and very rewarding. Mm -hmm. and plenty, more than enough. In small areas. Small area, you can grow the cucumbers up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about fall and winter garden. Okay. What do you think there? Um. 
What has he had success with? Collard greens. Collard yeah. greens. You got to be from the <laughs> south to appreciate that. Collard greens are super easy, and they're they just keep producing like mm -hmm. crazy, and we love them. Yeah, especially for cornbread. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, What's I, your favorite? I like to grow lettuce, believe it or not. Really? Yeah, and I got into growing lettuce a few years ago because it's always been the past. I thought you had to go, and this was years ago, mm -hmm. yeah, iceberg lettuce. But, you know, you ain't got to grow iceberg mm -hmm. lettuce. We can't grow it here to start with. But they have so many opportunities to grow leaf lettuce and these loose leaf lettuces that grow fine here in the south. Yeah. And to be able to go out there and cut you a, a fresh you know, head of lettuce and, and have a salad whenever you want it is, is wonderful for me. I love lettuce. I love spinach. I had grown spinach before. I had to try spinach. Spinach is easy to and grow. And you just for. direct seed it out. Direct it, yeah. seed it. Direct it, thick. Make it thick. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, and it's great. So some of the things, kohlrabi. And I grew kohlrabi this year for the first time, and we loved it. And I think I can't tell you how many bowls of kohlrabi slaw we had. And it's easy to grow. It's so easy to grow. Yeah, yeah. Of course, cabbage. Everybody loves cabbage. Yeah. And uh, yeah, all those. And I think broccoli, cauliflower. We can mm -hmm. go on and on. A lot of people don't, they, they don't do as much fall and winter gardening as I think they should, but they are doing better. I mean, it's becoming more and more understanding that you can garden year-round. And there's probably more stuff you can plant in the dirt, especially for us. Right. Because it's so hot and humid here right. in the fall and winter, and we can right. in the spring right. and summer. Yeah, as, as we stated earlier with the, the flowers, you know, our downtime is July and August. Yeah. Because that's where we have the most problem. Yep. Well, people up north, you know, they snowed in in wintertime. They don't grow anything. But we're our problem is in the middle of summertime. That's the reason we refer to these flowers and these okras and, and things like that. But we, we do really good in wintertime. We do good in wintertime. Yeah, unless yeah. you have one of those major hard freezes that sets you back. But, yeah, the uh, wintertime. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't start growing hardcore wintertime until probably about three or four years ago. Yeah. Yeah. But isn't it nice to go out there? And, it is and, so, and it's cool outside. Yeah, and you're not sweating. Yeah, you're not beating the yeah. mosquitoes down with a tennis yeah. racket. Some of those fresh collard greens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's so easy to cook. Yeah. So I got a little corny joke for you. Okay. You like corny jokes? Sure do. <laughs> Why was the cucumber mad? Why? Because it was in a pickle. <laughs> How about that? Yeah, and feel free, you can use my corner jokes anywhere at okay. school, at church, anywhere you want to go. I'm going to tell Mary Cross as soon as we yeah, get you through. Yeah, you can use that anywhere you need to, yeah. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about your YouTube channel just a little yes. bit. You have a huge presence on, on, on YouTube, mm -hmm. uh, Facebook. Mm -hmm. Probably not as much on Facebook. More, YouTube's the main driver. YouTube's our main driver. Uh, we do post on Facebook a lot now, and then we even spread it out. We're doing Instagram and TikTok and we're doing all that, and we have a podcast too that's audible, and you can watch it on our separate podcasting channel. Right. Um, and been doing it for five years now. Wow. Yeah, and, and really enjoy it, and then yeah. the whole family's enjoys it now. So yeah, it's a uh, it's great. Funny thing is, when I first started the channel, it was just a hobby. Right. Think nothing about it. Brooke made Carl wasn't any of the videos. As a matter of fact, Brooke thought I was crazy carrying that camera around. Recording myself out in that and dancing, dancing, and dancing. yeah, because <laughs> you're known as the dancing farmer. Known, known as the dancing farmer. And I might say I'm a little envious of some of your moves. <laughs> yeah, I've tried to replicate them, but I haven't done a good job. But you don't uh, dance as much as you used to. I don't, my, my old knees is getting rough on me. <laughs> yeah, do what you can. My old knees is getting rough on me as they're getting a little older. Yep. Yeah. Well. You do what you got to do. That's right. <laughs> I got a little bit of a free to be tip to give everybody. Today. Okay. How about that? That works. And, and you're probably going to enjoy this too. All right. 
So have you ever noticed, and this is, this is completely out there because we don't sell these, so I'm not making anything off of it. This is something that I have come to realize in a couple of weeks because a buddy of me brought me one of these right here and he said, Greg, you got to try this. So with our new warehouse in the back, we laid sod on all the backside and I'm having to water out there a lot. And I'm having to do it with overhead irrigation. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the overhead irrigation, when you think about that, you think about the old impact sprinkler. None of them put out water consistently everywhere. Have you ever noticed that? Yep. They always put more at the end or less at the end. It's just no. Now, what I do like about them is you can sneak up on them when you need to That's move. That's right. You can G.I. Joe <laughs> up on them you where you don't can. get wet. You can't do that nope. with this one. You're going to get wet. But this is a new uh, sprinkler head. I, I say new. It's new to me. Synager, and it's called the X Wobbler. And, and you buy these things for about 10 bucks. You have to make your own little stand. I think they sell the stands. I made mine. It's got half-inch threads on there. But this baby right here throws a consistent radius of water, and it is, it's consistent from the far out all the way to the end. It's the same amount. You everywhere. can't sneak up on it? You can't sneak up on it. Turn it off before you go do it because <laughs> you're going to get wet. But have you ever seen anything that was consistent no. as far as sprinkling? I hadn't either. We've always had that problem. But, folks, we're going to show you what it looks like out there in the real world here. But these things right here, I think they're about 10 bucks. I, I don't even know where you – I think Amazon may have them. But uh, they pretty dead gum neat, I'm telling you. If I've seen something that blows me away every now and then, this was one of it. So if you need an overhead sprinkler, and you can get them with different nozzles in them according to how much water you got there, but that's the dead gum neatest thing. My buddy brought it to me. He said, that's the neatest thing I've seen in a while. I said, really? But then after I tried it, I said, yep, it sure is. How far does it go? Uh, maybe about 30 feet. Wow. And it's according to how much water you got. You. got so you, you can change the nozzles out for, to match your water. But uh, it's just the consistency of it is just, it's just awesome. So you, ain't gotta, you got those dry spots when you're, if you need an overhead water sprinkler, heck, give it a try. Anyhow, tip of the day, freebie of the day. How about that? <laughs> so, Jason, it was wonderful having you, man. Man, great, great to be here. Absolutely. So we're gonna put your we're gonna put your information up where okay. people can find you. If they got some questions, like heck, post them on YouTube or whatever. They wanna yeah, got some questions for you. Yeah, uh, YouTube, or YouTube, how's, how's your Facebook, yeah, any, anywhere. We get emails, we get messages. Um, any of the social media sites, you can just oh, got some on that. that awesome Cog Hill Cog Squad merchandise. That's right. Got the, uh, that on our website. You can yep. go to you got our website. Everything's there. If you go to right. our website, thecoghillfarm.com. Right. Yep. Cool deal. All right, folks. Hope you enjoyed the show this evening. Hope you may have just picked up a little bit of tidbit that's going to help you with your endeavors to get out there and enjoy life. And folks, now it's time to get out there and get dirty. Mm -hmm.